Welcome to PwC's accounting podcast series. I'm Heather Horn. This episode is a continuation in our special series of shows dedicated to looking at some of the accounting areas impacted by COVID-19. Today, we'll turn our attention to the needs of the financial statement users, including the investment community. Investors and analysts are clamoring for more information. At the exact same time, things are more unpredictable than ever. How do you balance the need for transparency with all the uncertainty? Gregory Johnson, a director in our national office who leads our outreach to the investor community, is joining me today from his home to help us find out. So welcome, Gregory, back to our podcast. And for our listeners, uh, just a reminder that Gregory leads our outreach to investors and analysts. And many of you may remember him from his past podcast on investor views on financial reporting. Given all of the uncertainty in today's environment, I thought it'd be very interesting to get Gregory back to share his perspective on what he's been learning from his outreach to investors and analysts. And I think, Gregory, it's probably safe to summarize that given current events, and especially with potential delays and filings and earnings releases and otherwise, analysts and investors are looking for new information, details on traditional information, and even more transparency than we've ever seen before. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right, Heather. I mean, it's more important than ever from the standpoint of companies in terms of what they communicate and how they communicate to investors and analysts. Okay, great. Why don't we just start off with what we think investors are looking for most from company communications? I think there's a lot to un- unpack here, as you talked about the um, the current environment and the economic uncertainty that's um, going on today. So, and then there's a, another added layer, I think, of um, when we just got to the end of Q1, and now companies are rolling into earnings season, and uh, that presents another opportunities for companies to communicate to uh, investors and analysts exactly how they've been impacted. Um, what they see for the future. I think one of the uh, things that you know we're seeing right now is that companies don't have visibility. No one has gone through this before. So it's not like there's a playbook. So I think that uh, as a baseline, um, companies should communicate what they know transparently, clearly, um, and openly to the investor community. As we look down at earnings season, for example, there's almost, there's a bunch of different things that are going on, but one thing is financial guidance. So typically, uh, once we're going into earnings season, there's financial guidance that companies are are going towards, and almost 300 companies at this point have uh, withdrawn their financial guidance for for the year. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reported that And that has been primarily from impacted industries like airlines and retail, cruise lines, et cetera. So there's going to be a lot of questions to be answered during this earnings season and when companies file their uh, quarterly reports. Uh, You did mention also extensions, um, uh, potentially extending the deadline for filings that companies have the opportunity to extend now for their quarterly filings. And it's not sure how many companies are going to take advantage of the opportunity to delay their filings. We're getting mixed up. feedback from uh, what analysts expect from that regard. Some think that uh, it won't be that significant. Others think that, you know, we'll see a lot of companies delay their filing. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I think that the top issue right now is cash. Do companies have enough cash to stay afloat to survive during this short-term period? So from an investor perspective, 
They're uh, wondering how much cash does a company have? Do they have access to the cash? Uh, where is the cash located at? Is it in different countries, uh, different legal entities, currencies, et cetera? So the more that companies can explain to investors uh, where they stand from a cash position, obviously, the better. Um, are there any tax implications um, to accessing cash, for example? And again, I think that this is a great opportunity, although it is a very um, turbulent time. It's a great opportunity for companies to really transparently communicate uh, where they are and where they're headed to the investor community. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Gregory. You know, when you were talking about companies withdrawing their earnings guidance and even companies that haven't withdrawn, I'm sure are feeling less certain perhaps than they have in the past. I think the point you're making is the companies may be feeling less certain than ever, but people want more information than ever. And so it's just balancing that of sharing what you do know. And this is a very concrete place to start, right? Is what yes. do you know about your cash? What's your, how are you going to access more cash, et cetera? And so then moving past cash, what would you say is sort of next in the hierarchy of what investors and analysts are looking for? Yeah, I think once you get past cash, it's all about liquidity. So cash and liquidity, um, how much, um, how liquid are companies? How much access do they have to cash? Um, again, another uh, contextual thing here. Uh, in March, more than 250 companies drew down on existing credit lines or established new credit lines. So companies are definitely accessing cash and there's estimates of about $220 billion, uh, being added in new debt just from accessing credit lines. So again, liquidity is extremely important. Investors want to know um, how are you going to survive past this short term? Uh, and if you do, you need cash, you need access to cash. So what are the details of your uh, credit lines? How much have you drawn down, for example, are things that investors and analysts want to know. Does the company, for example, have additional support from suppliers or other arrangements to help during this period uh, where there may be a, um, a cash crunch, for example? Uh, do they have flexibility with covenants? Um, have, have they been waived or are others being imposed from a covenant standpoint? standpoint, clearly uh, investors want to know about liquidity. And those are the areas where um, companies could shine a light for the investor community. You know, I was just thinking, I had Amity Milheiser on last week to talk about what we're hearing from CFOs from the PwC CFO survey. And liquidity was also top of mind from a CFO perspective. So it's here, I guess, that investors and analysts and companies are very aligned in what's an area of focus, what they want to understand. One of the things that we saw with that from a liquidity perspective is, is one of the ways is obviously to draw down on uh, credit lines and issue debt, et cetera. But another way to enhance liquidity is obviously cost cutting. So what are we seeing in terms of interest in disclosures in that area? Yeah, and I think that uh, once you get past those things, it is about cost cutting. How are you going to reduce the expenses? And ironically, uh, at least from my perspective, companies are now dealing with the same situations that employees are dealing with who are uh, laid off or furloughed, et cetera, looking at how do you take care of your household. Mm -hmm. And um, companies, ironically, are in that same position. However, they're going to have to rely on demand for consumers to kickstart back when we get normal, whatever normal um, starts to be. But in, if you're looking at reducing expenses, two key areas um, continually come up. 
one is dividends. Um, do you have any flexibility with dividends? Are you going to change your dividend policy uh, from a company perspective? About 70 companies so far in March have suspended their uh, dividends for uh, the year and have already announced that. Some analysts estimate you're probably going to get about $20 billion of reduced payments uh, in the year. So dividends become an area where you can reduce um, and also stock buyback plans have companies change their buyback plans. And there have been about 100 or so so far that have eliminated their stock buyback plans uh, that they had for the year. So dividends, buybacks, those are two areas um, that analysts and investors are looking at. They also want to know about any supplier financing arrangements. And if companies have those, do they have uh, flexibility? Are they committed to those uh, to maintain them? Or do they have flexibility with those arrangements? Other payments like deferred taxes, do they have the opportunity to defer any taxes? All big areas from uh, an investor standpoint of where they're looking uh, to companies to reduce uh, expenses. What are investors thinking about as companies are trying to kind of get through this initial difficult period? Yeah, and, and I think that that does become uh, kind of the next stage, the near-term viability. Uh, but one other thing that uh, probably is important in the um, cost-cutting or reducing expenses is, is what are you going to do with your employee base? And uh, are there opportunities to reduce costs uh, from an employee perspective? We talked earlier about the furloughs and the uh, reduced work hours. There could be restructurings, et cetera. But we've also seen um, executives taking pay cuts or foregoing bonus. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out for the rest of the year or as we get deeper into the year with those types of cost-cutting actions. After that, it's really how are you kind of uh, supporting your near-term viability? And to me, what I'm hearing is more about technology infrastructure as a main theme. Um, have you modified your technology infrastructure, for example? Have you pivoted or had the opportunity to pivot so far to be more online, using more technology, more remote workers, because uh, obviously that's going to be an area uh, of opportunity for companies going forward. Um, investors are also going to want to know about um, uh, any commitments to uh, getting government-backed funding, um, such as that associated with the CARES Act. As you know, the SEC has made some public statements uh, urging companies to be as open with their disclosures as possible, particularly when it comes to uh, any bailout funds. And a couple of other areas I think that are important are insurance payouts. You know, do you have any business interruption or other types of insurance payments that may be applicable uh, to help the company as it tries to kind of get set for the longer term? And then, uh, you know, other detailed information on impairments and, and things of that nature become important. You, you're dealing with a you know, a lot of issues if you're a company these days. But as you said, ironically, this is the time that investors want more information and companies may not have as much information as investors want. So it is a little bit of a conundrum. Many of those areas are areas where we know there's a lot of accounting questions too. Yes. And so again, it makes it more difficult because as you're assessing impairments and others, it's places where could be a lot of management judgment. Um, and so I think making sure you do have that transparency and, and making sure the completeness of your disclosures can be very helpful from an investor perspective. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we um, issued a, a thought leadership piece not too long ago where we focused on um, communications and the appropriateness of it from a company perspective. And um, sometimes um, I think it's important that companies get reminded that there are consequences to bad communication, even if they're inadvertent consequences, uh, because it could cost you from a cost to capital standpoint. So again, very important to have uh, transparent communication, making sure the messaging that you are putting out there from a company perspective is received in the manner in which you would like it to be received. So you have to be clear, plain English, and be transparent with it. Everyone already has such a long list of things to be focused on, concerned about, and working at home and working remotely, et cetera. And then this is just yet another thing is to make sure your communications are better than ever. So um, it's Absolutely. A a yeah. lot to manage. So then maybe Gregory, just to wrap things up, one of my favorite questions is always to ask my guests if they look into their crystal ball, what do they see for the future? And I know you don't have a crystal ball. And if you read the newspaper, I think every day there's a different idea of what maybe the future looks like or what normal um, looks like. But given all that uncertainty, I know that investors are very interested in, in what companies are planning. So what insight do we have into what they're looking for from a longer range stability perspective? Yeah, there's a lot there and there's no shortage of opinions when it comes to what's going to happen, number one, and what actions companies uh, should take. Um, I'll say that um, I, I think that one of the things that one of the messages that I've been hearing is that uh, investors want more qualitative information right now. And I know that that may sound a little bit you know, different than in the past where investors want more uh, quantitative information. But right now it's about qualitative uh, about your strategy. What changes have you made to your strategy? How have you adapted the business model or do you intend to adapt the business model? So as much as companies can provide from that standpoint, I think would be um, very, very helpful. I think many believe that uh, the pandemic um, has and will continue to change business models going forward. So uh, more investment into infrastructure, uh, more movement to the cloud, for example, uh, more focus on uh, having a diversified supply chain, you know, more global and local or a combination of the two. And then also new ways of working, uh, not only remote work, working, but utilizing technology as uh, you uh, work in terms of conferences and meetings. A lot of human activity that was in person in the past, at least in the shorter term, it's going to have to be done over technology. Um, one of the uh, debates that are going on among investors is what type of recovery are we going to have? Are we going to have a V-shaped recovery where we bounce right back? Um, are we going to have a longer down period with a slower recovery? Or is it on the uh, on the kind of the 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 worst end of the scale where you have some type of recurrence and flare ups of the virus that really holds back uh, industry and it's a longer drawn out recovery? We don't know, but I think that as much of that information that companies can share uh, with investors, the better um, investors are going to be looking at what are you doing from a scenario planning standpoint, um, if you're executives, uh, what are your contingency plans, for example, and as much as you may not have all of the answers now, but it's whatever you have that's meaningful to the investor community um, and you can communicate it transparently, then that's what uh, you ought to do as a business executive. And I think um, my last point would be, what are you doing to support your employee base? Uh, we've talked about furloughs and layoffs, but uh, as we have this recovery, 
Uh, are you supporting the safety of your workforce? Are you growing your workforce from an upskilling standpoint for the long term because you can't go out and get all of those resources? Um, so those are tremendously difficult questions for companies to, to answer, uh, but they have to communicate about their plans and they have to have detailed scenario planning as well as contingency planning. So well, I think contingency planning is something we've all become much more familiar yes. with recently and probably realized even more so than importance of what, what could happen. Gregory, maybe just to wrap things up then, how do we think companies should communicate this information to their stakeholders? So we touched briefly on the quality of communication and you referenced our document, which I definitely, our publication that I definitely would encourage people to check out. But what are some of the things people should think about as they're thinking through all of these different communications we're suggesting they should make? Yeah, it comes down to how you communicate in what formats. Uh, from that perspective, I, I don't know that a lot will change. I think that companies will continue to focus on uh, doing the earnings releases and press releases with more information, uh, probably more interaction with uh, key stakeholders going down the line uh, where you have that ongoing communication and updates on strategy, uh, probably more um, single uh press releases on single topics such as what's happening with uh, COVID-19 right now and more discrete topics. Um, I think that that will, will be more of the communication angle going forward. Um, I know that uh, investor relations uh, professionals, they're getting a lot of these questions right now. Uh, we'll be talking to them uh, over the coming months and would be very interested on what they're hearing and we'll come back and talk about those things as well. Uh, but I would say that um, from a couple of um, analysts that I've spoken with, um, just going back to the uh, topic that we talked about in terms of those companies who may delay filing their um, their quarterly filings, um, there have been a little bit of a concern about if that happens with companies, then uh, analysts really want executives to focus on making sure that they are not in a position and talking on uh, calls or conferences that they disclose non-public uh, material information. Obviously, um, that would not be a good thing and that would be a um, reg F violation. So I mentioned that because um, analysts have mentioned that as a concern with the delay. Good reminder, uh, I think. So any final thoughts then, Gregory, to, to wrap things up today? Uh, I would just say um, companies focus on the SEC guidance that has been put out and the urging from the SEC uh, to be transparent with their communications and to really focus on uh, providing the details, not only uh, of the current financial and operational, but uh, going forward from a futuristic standpoint in terms of the company's plans. Yeah, I think this is another place, and we've seen this before, where what the SEC is asking for is very lined up for what investors and analysts are looking for. So if companies are focused on that, probably help meet the needs of their stakeholders as well. Absolutely. Well, very good, Gregory. Always interesting to talk to you and appreciate you joining me on the phone today. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure. As a reminder, we're currently releasing episodes on a more frequent basis as we work to provide coverage on the latest issues affecting your financial reporting in the current environment. So stay tuned for more on COVID-19 so that you never miss an episode. Subscribe to this series wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'd love to hear from you. So write to me at heather.horn at pwc.com or to stay up to date on the latest content, let's connect on LinkedIn. For PwC, I'm Heather Horn. Thanks for tuning in.
This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.